Canada is one of the wealthiest countries in the world today, and it's hard to imagine people not being able to afford food here, but that's the harsh reality for indigenous communities in the north. Food prices are rising, and the food insecurity rate is growing alongside it. Living in Canada as an indigenous person can be hard enough as it is, having to face social prejudice, high incarceration and unemployment rates, and the poverty that goes with it. One of the most prominent problems our indigenous community faces is food insecurity. I'll be taking on the task of informing you listeners and bringing awareness to this issue. I'll also help you understand how you yourself may be able to help these families in this episode. Food insecurity is the inability for a person or group of people to not have access to proper food due to financial constraints. In the majority of our northern indigenous communities, they live with food insecurity, and in certain areas, the food insecurity is severe. Statistics from Food Secure Canada say that approximately 70% of Nunavut lives without proper access to food, and 62% of the children there are food insecure as well. These northern communities can't afford food not only because of their income, but because of the food prices. Food prices are incredibly high due to the towns being so far north. Not many companies want to ship up there, and the ones that do mark up the price exponentially due to how expensive shipping is. Nunavut is the worst for food insecurity, but the other regions are not far behind. 60% of people unreserved in Manitoba live with food insecurity, as well as nearly 70% in northern Ontario. The prices for food are exponentially higher than southern regions. In Fort Albany, a bag of potatoes costs about $10, as well as a bag of flour coming in at almost $11. In Moose Factory, a box of cornflakes costs $9, and one package of ground beef comes in at $20. The prices are this high all over these indigenous communities. This causes families to spend the majority of their income on food. On average, in Toronto, Families of four spend about $847 a month on groceries. For families in Attawapiskat, the monthly cost for food was $1,909 in 2015. Fort Albany's average food cost per month was also a whopping $1,832. A 2010 study by Statistics Canada says that the average indigenous person in Canada above the age of 15 makes $20,000 a year after tax. Doing the math, that's roughly $1,671 per month. Considering most families will have two working adults in the house, that makes it $3,143 per month for every family. For families living in Attawapiskat, where the average grocery cost was $1,909, they're spending over half of their income on food alone. That leaves only $1,400 to spend on utilities, clothes, and other necessities. Not only is food difficult to come by in the north because of companies not wanting to ship there, but the companies that do ship also have trouble because of the tough weather. Winters up north can be much worse than they are in the south. Snowstorms can appear out of nowhere and completely halt these shipments of food and supplies. This stops families from getting the necessities even if they can't afford it and can delay the food shipments for weeks on end. This is a clip from an interview with an Akalit father named Israel Mabluk, talking to the interviewer about the effects this situation has on him and his family. 
Israel Mablik and his young family share a two-bedroom apartment with his mother and sister. Israel's wife doesn't have a job, and his pay has to cover grocery bills that can be several thousand dollars a month. I spend at least 90, 95% of my pay on groceries itself. So because of that, uh, I'm get, my line of credit is getting bad. My first priority is feeding my kids, my family. There are no roads connecting this place to the rest of Canada. Everything arrives by air or is shipped on the ocean. And that's why none of it has some of the most expensive food in the entire country. And with those high transport costs, just two supermarket chains selling goods across a vast area. Photos posted by shoppers to a Facebook page show cases of fruit juice for $50, a $15 watermelon, and a kilo of beef for around $70. That social media protest soon grew into demonstrations by people who rarely, if ever, had been part of such movements. The Indigenous community have a handful of issues that can all stem from not being provided the adequate amount of food. These things include high suicide rates, poor education, and poor health outcomes, which are linked in some way or another to the terrible nutrition system and economy. The high suicide rates can stem from many things, but in this case, they may come from the person not being able to feed themselves or their family. Not eating a proper diet can also have a plethora of negative effects on your body, mentally and physically. It can cause anxiety, depression, stress, and some eating disorders, which may contribute to an individual deciding to take their own life. Studies show that reduced education rates are affected by the children and young adults, not having proper brain food and not retaining information correctly. When you've eaten, you're more receptive to information and retain it a lot better than being in a classroom hungry. Not only is getting food for these people important, but the quality of the food that they consume contributes to their health. Because prices for food are so high and the income for these families are so low, they really don't get that many opportunities to eat good, healthy, nutritional food. For those of us who live in southern regions, when you go to a store to buy some food, what are the cheapest items? Snack foods. Your chips, popcorn, goldfish, candy, those are the cheap items. When you go to a northern grocery store, although much more expensive than our prices, they're still the cheapest out of all of the food. Therefore, more of that food ends up getting bought. This is a leading contributor to obesity and diabetes in these regions. For some families, the healthy food is way out of their budget, and they wouldn't even think about buying it. As much as they do want to feed themselves and their kids nutritional food, they'd still rather be able to afford a house or an apartment than being on the streets because they spent too much on these foods. Some of these foods can be even considered luxury in some places. You may be wondering at this point how such a big issue has gone on so long without the majority of people knowing about it, let alone doing something about it. This topic needs addressing, which is why I chose to make this podcast and you yourself can help these people in their time of need. There are many initiatives started by local Canadian communities that are tasked with helping these Northern Indigenous people. There's a problem with this system though. The people who live in Southern Ontario, for example, that want to help, 
package up the food for the people and ship it. The problem with this, however, is that the shipping cost is still very high. So the people who want to send things end up needing to budget themselves because they're already paying a hundred plus dollar shipping costs to send the food and the supplies to these people. That leaves the majority of people sending just snack foods like your chips, goldfish, candy, and just generally sweet and sugary things that aren't too good for your health. Yes, it does help the people eat, but in the end, it ends up causing even more health problems in these communities. Another reason people send unhealthy food is that those are the foods these families are familiar with. They're used to eating junk food most of the time, and are not entirely accustomed to having lots of greens and fruits in their house. So these people, even though they know that the food they're sending is unhealthy, are being mindful of the people's diets and want to give them foods they'll know they'll enjoy eating and be used to eating. It is true, however, that these indigenous communities are living in poverty, and they won't argue what they get to eat. On some of the group's pages, you can see the responses from some of the families, and they're forever grateful to those who chose to help them. One quote from a kindergarten teacher goes on saying, I finally unpacked the boxes today, and it took me four hours with the help of my daughter, three granddaughters, and my co-worker. Thank you so much to every one of you that sent boxes to the kindergartens. I'll share a few that I won't be using with one of the teachers. Another teacher also said, It felt like Christmas this morning, opening the boxes. I'm so overwhelmed by everyone that sent these boxes. I just received, and I think it was 25 boxes today. I should show who sent the boxes for the kindergartners. Thank you, everyone. There are many groups that you can contact if you yourself want to get involved with helping these people. There is a Facebook group called Helping Our Northern Neighbors, which is where I got these quotes from. And there, you can apply to become eligible to help. One of the administrators then contacts you and sets you up with a family in which you can sponsor with things like food, water, and supplies. The necessities, pretty much. There's also a website called feedingdenovit.com in which you can donate to all different types of programs to help the indigenous children get provided with the things that they need. Overall, these indigenous communities are living in poverty and being oppressed by the rest of Canada. Although you may not think you're oppressing these individuals, you are a contributor to the problem by not speaking out about it. We need to shed light on the high suicide rates, poor education, low incomes, and most importantly, the high food prices that affect a lot of these problems. And finally, I leave you with this question. How will you help to aid these people and put an end to the oppression and the hardships these people are going through? Thank you for listening to this podcast about the struggles with food insecurity in our northern indigenous communities. I hope you learned something and will use it to make a better impact on the world. Thank you.